0: another installment of jets audibles eric allen here with my partner chad pennington well chad you saw it in person and then you went back down to kentucky and checked out the jets dismantling of the tennessee titans by a 30 to 8 score what stood out to you about the way the green and white won their third straight game
1: well, Eric, first of all, I think it's important to know that a winning team did what a winning team was supposed to do and a losing team did what a losing team normally does, and that's what happened in this game. The winning team being the Jets and having uh, trying to make a playoff push did what winners were supposed to do, and that's make plays that were there, take advantage of opportunities, not allow a team that is struggling to stay in the game, and the Jets were able to do that uh, with the 27 to zero halftime lead, that was really important. I was impressed with the efficiency, first of all, of the Jets' offense. Only three punts, uh, and all of them, those came, I believe, in the second half. Uh, I'm not so sure that they even had a three and out. Uh, if they did, it was in, in a drive that didn't matter. They even when they didn't score points, uh, they were moving the football effectively. And they had a nice combination of the run and the pass. The play-action game came in big time for them as an offense. Defensively, they were uh, solid. Uh, Four sacks, Uh, Wilkerson with three sacks, did a lot of really good things coverage-wise. So I think we are seeing a team in the last three weeks um, that is really coming together and starting to put together complete games. And they're hitting their stride, which is extremely important in these last three weeks of trying to make a playoff run.
0: In your mind, Chad, was that the most complete 30 minutes of football the Jets have played this year?
1: Uh, It was complete as far as the result. Uh, There were certainly a couple of plays that need to be corrected uh, in the defensive side where the Titans just flat out did not make the play. They dropped the ball and didn't make the play. and So that needs to be corrected. Uh, but as far as the result and what you're trying to get accomplished in a half of football, uh, no question about it.
0: How encouraged are you by the run game and what the Jets were able to do? It put up nearly 200 yards against a tough Titans front, and Chris Ivory reaches 100 yards for the third time this season, and now he's closing in on 1,000 yards.
1: First, I'm impressed by the effort all three running backs are giving in the running game. You watch all three of these guys. They run similar. I think that is because of the way uh, Chris Ivory runs the football and the example that he sets running the football. All three of these running backs, Ivory, Powell, and Ridley, they run in a similar fashion, meaning they run um, not recklessly but passionately. They run with a purpose. They're not running just to get tackled or to go out of bounds or fighting for that extra yard. That's important in your running game as you move through the season because defenders start to wear down, and that physicality of your running game becomes a tone setter. And so I thought that the, the Jets' offensive line did a really good job of taking care of the eighth element uh, when the Titans were trying to defend the run and they were still creating holes even when they were outnumbered and giving the running back some daylight and not allowing quick penetration uh, early in the run played where the running backs could get started and they weren't having to make their first cut or their first move until they uh, penetrated the line of scrimmage.
0: You mentioned it before the game when we were in the coaches club that you wanted to see the special teams step up, and I thought they really did, especially early. The Jets kept on scoring, but their kickoff coverage was a lot better. I thought they had improved in that area on Sunday.
1: I agree there weren't any uh, true explosive plays, but there weren't any major negative plays either and there weren't any game changing plays from a negative side with kick coverage and, and mistakes and mental error so that's certainly an improvement something that they can uh, expand upon and build upon uh, for these next three weeks.
0: What do you think about the way Bulls and Casey Rogers continue to attack on third down because uh, Demario Davis told me uh, this this week that a You know, these guys have a tremendous package, and they really open things up on third down, uh, showing different looks. And the green and white continue to get off the field right now.
1: Well, first of all, they're doing a good job. They're solid in first and second down production to create the third down situations that they want so they can use their schemes to their advantage. Uh, When you're behind the chains as a defense, it's, it's difficult to implement those schemes because you're on your heels and you're just trying to stop the bleeding. And so they're able to eliminate the first and second down production and now be ahead of the game and ahead of the sticks from a defensive standpoint to be able to implement some of these schemes. The the one thing that I saw that they've started to implement and do uh, and add to their package is their matchup zone, where it's similar to the game of basketball where you're playing zone, but you're matching up. And when a, an offender comes into your area, now you have him man And that, that makes it difficult because that's a mixture of zone and man and and when you have those things oiled up it can be very effective for defense it gives you another tool in your toolbox to use so not only are they using zone not only are they using straight man now they're using matchup zone uh, which gives them a lot of different tools and weapons to use in their coverage schemes
0: and you think the jets are creating matchups up front one-on-one matchups that they've been able to exploit you mentioned the sack totals they had 5 and all Against the Titans, and Mariota is an elusive quarterback who can get out of the pocket. But the Jets did their job as staying in their rush lanes, and then they got to the quarterback.
1: Well, what they're doing a really good job of—they're testing the rules of pass protections of these teams. Uh, every offensive scheme and every team, they have specific rules. To pass protect and protect the quarterback with and you have rules that a running back has you have rules that tight ends have and that the, the five offensive linemen have and all those rules work hand in hand and everybody has to understand the rules and who has what gap who's responsible for what defender who's responsible for a gap if certain things happen we have to make an adjustment on the fly based upon our rules and what uh, the defense is doing in the scheme that, that they're using as uh, the Jets defense that they're using, they're testing those rules and they're creating hesitancy in an offensive line. They're creating um, a lack of aggression with the quarterback and trying to, and they're just creating a lot of communication problems. And so that's, that's really important because sometimes it's not about whether or not you can get a guy free on the quarterback. It's just testing those rules to create an edge and be able to get one of your best one on one players in a position to win his one on one matchup
0: and then conversely on the other side of the ball I know you have to be enjoying the way Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chan Gailey continue to be in sync because this offense is operating uh, with high efficiency so far And they continue to get better the last couple weeks. You look at Fitz now. Over the past three games, the Jets' three-game winning streak here, the first of the top bowls era, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions.
1: Well, that's the word, um, efficiency. And Dan Henning used to always talk to us as quarterbacks about being effective, efficient, and consistent. And that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing right now. He's being effective in the passing game meaning executing the plays correctly. He's being efficient in the passing game, meaning that when the big play or the big completion is not there, he's finding his check down, finding his secondary routes. And because of those two things, he's now being consistent in the passing game. And it's something that the team can rely on, uh, that they're not just using the passing game to get a big chunk of yardage. They're using the passing game as an extension of the running game. I think what has happened to – Now that the running game is picking back up, you saw the evidence in play action uh, from the shotgun, from underneath, and being able to draw up the linebackers and creating space between the linebackers and the secondary with the play action game, which has allowed Decker and Marshall to uh, do some really good things downfield.
0: Fitz doesn't really seem to ever get rattled, and you got to like that as a former quarterback, the way you approach the game yourself. And just thinking about Gailey and him in the red zone, you know, that first touchdown the other day, Brandon Marshall, he was on the sideline. And what Fitz did there, play action to Chris Ivory, like you mentioned, that was out of the gun, a little play action. He freezes a safety just long enough where Eric Decker has a one-on-one matchup, gains inside leverage, and Fitz makes it look easy. But it's all the little things the Jets are doing right now. And he even picked up a block from Ivory after the play action.
1: Well, right, and it takes everybody to execute a play, and I know that's a cliche, but it truly does. The difference between offensive football and defensive football, in defense, sometimes you can have a mistake and somebody makes a great tackle or makes up for it. Normally in in offense, uh, if everybody's not clicking on the same page and making the right decisions at the same time, Disaster happens, and, and you have a lack of production, and so you're getting more consistency with everybody across the offensive side doing their job and doing it effectively. And and you know the, the touchdown, the first touchdown to Decker was a great example of that uh, with the pass protection, the play action fake, uh, the freeze of the safety to keep him from moving to the right side of the field to allow Decker to run his post route. Uh, There's some really good uh, what I call high-level football there's some high-level football going on uh, with that play as well as with the Jets in general when it comes to offense.
0: Decker and Marshall, are you surprised by this kind of production? You play with Brandon, you knew he was a terrific receiver, but these guys have never played together with this quarterback before and they've combined for 20 touchdowns. Decker's on pace to reach 1,000 yards as well. The 20 touchdowns ties a franchise season high for two receivers
1: well um, when you look at their individual capabilities I'm not surprised at their production I'm surprised that it's been able to come like you said so quickly knowing that uh, they're teammates for the first time together uh, they have a quarterback that they're working for the first time uh, that doesn't happen and so that that is a tribute to them as receivers as well as Ryan as a veteran quarterback and the work that they're putting in the communication and the the talks that they're having uh, trying to learn each other and to get better uh, I think that's been most impressive when you look at the passing
0: what do you think about this ball game coming up you got a short week Dallas has struggled mightily this year four and nine I think they still might mathematically be alive but they're even two games behind in that NFC East they are just one and five at home so far this season and the number that stands out to me about the Cowboys right now, last in the NFL in turnover margin, they've had only, I believe, eight takeaways this season.
1: Well, this is a uh, what we would call a, a wounded animal, so to speak, that um, you certainly don't want to breathe life into. Uh, and right there is your um, number one point to this game, Eric, is the turnover ratio and the ability of being able to cause turnovers you do not want to get this is a complete turnover game for the jets uh they've got to make sure that they do not breathe life into the cowboys by having turnovers and and uh being able to give the the cowboys a short field uh, momentum a spark you have to to try to see if matt castle can prove to you that he can beat you straight up with no uh, easy ones and no help and if they do that, I think the Jets will, will win this game. If if they make Matt Castle and the Cowboys play a solid four quarters without any help from either side.
0: Are you somewhat surprised by the Cowboys' lack of offense production? I know Tony Romo is an elite quarterback, and he's outstanding, and obviously that's a big-time blow. With that being said, Castle's been effective at times in the National Football League. They still have some weapons there. Darren McFadden, you think about Jason Witten, one of the better uh, receiving tight ends in football. Dez Bryant is still an outstanding receiver in his own right. H- have you been surprised their struggles so much, how much they've struggled without Romo on the lineup?
1: I have. I would think uh, with all of the players that you have mentioned, uh, that they would should be around the six and seven range, not the four and nine range, when it comes to records. And so I have been surprised. Um, but you know, it's difficult, and you're dealing with injuries. You you take a, a big time. I think it shows the value that Tony Romo brings to that team. And maybe there's a self evaluation to say maybe we put too much on Tony Romo. <laughs> maybe maybe we you know we I think a lot of times he gets um, the short end of the stick as far as criticism uh but you are seeing his true value to that organization and, and he means a lot to that organization and maybe as an organization you you got to look at it and say well how do, what do we do to give him the best chance to even be better than what he is maybe we've put too much on him uh because it certainly has shown itself this year with his absence it's almost like they can't function without him
0: no and how much confident how much confidence do you have in this Jets team now By What they've shown you the last three games especially the last two weeks because you know the way the media is a lot of people put it in the players minds that hey potentially this might be a trap game after an emotional comeback victory over the Giants but the Jets I thought really displayed the maturity last week so moving forward how do you anticipate they'll come out here Saturday night as they continue to try to make a push.
1: Well, I hope they come out energized, fired up, realizing the opportunity that they have. Uh, this game reminds me of the Monday night game in 2006 against the Dolphins, uh, where we have to win that game as a Jet team to continue our playoff push. That's certainly one of those type of games that the Jets are in right now. Um, they have a great uh, momentum and energy behind them with the three-game winning streak that they have created. But it will be a tough game, and so you have to take the mindset that Cowboys aren't going to go away. Uh, you have to put them away as a team. You can't expect any type of breaks going your way. You have to earn everything, and you really have to play close to the vest and, and realizing that we cannot give them any daylight. That we cannot give them any light at the end of the tunnel as a team. Uh, to create that spark to, to make them think that they can squeak out a win.
0: All right, Jets fans are in for a treat this weekend because it's Saturday night, prime time. They can watch that ball game. Hopefully the Jets can secure their fourth consecutive win and move to 9-5. Then on Sunday, a lot of Jets nation will turn to Pittsburgh and Denver. The Steelers hosting the Denver Broncos. The Steelers, of course, 8-5 right now. The Kansas City Chiefs, 8-5 and five as well. When you look at that ball game, what fascinates you about that matchup?
1: Well, I think that the Steelers are like a shark in bloody water right now. Um, with the injury to Andy Dalton, uh, you're talking about having life to a team, realizing that you actually have a chance to win the division. and um, Whereas before, you were just trying to hold on to your wild card, Life and now you actually have a chance to possibly steal a division, uh, which is huge. And so uh, I think this is a huge game for both teams. Uh, Steelers uh, having a chance to try to win the AFC North, the Broncos trying to secure a first-round bye, which is huge. So this is the biggest game of the week uh, when it comes to the AFC playoff picture. And uh, right now, to be honest, I think the Steelers have the edge. Mm-hmm. I really do uh in and how they're playing uh their uh offense this is going to be a great match up to watch a very explosive uh Todd Haley orchestrated offense with pittsburgh uh against a, a denver defense that that's extremely stingy and so it will be uh a, a really good matchup to watch from a football standpoint
0: yeah, and I think uh Jets nation is definitely going to be rooting for the denver Broncos here Sunday, obviously. Pittsburgh's 8-5, and five, but conversely, you just mentioned the Broncos and Cincinnati. Both those teams have 10-3 and three marks. They play each other in two weeks. So if Pittsburgh did beat Denver this week, that would mean the Broncos are 10-4, and four. and then all of a sudden the division might be in play for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So when everybody's trying to break down... These wild card scenarios—it's awfully difficult because there are three games remaining, and some of these teams are still going to play each other.
1: Well, and that's what this year has been extremely exciting in in that element. As far as uh, we thought we had a, a good vibe about what would happen with the division leaders and with the wild card spots, uh, it looked like that the division leaders were taking care of business. Uh, other than the uh, afc south which is completely up for grabs and you're only going to get one team uh, coming out of of that division but now you're exactly right not only do you have your wild card spots up for grabs you maybe possibly have two division spots up for grabs as well which a couple weeks ago looked like that was completely out of the question and now it's completely in the question
0: yeah because who's going to make the push here because that pittsburgh Denver game is huge across the board, speaking about two divisions and the wild card race, because if Pittsburgh wins, obviously, maybe they can make a move on Cincinnati. Conversely, if Denver wins that, I mean, if uh, Denver wins that ball game, then you're talking about, you're talking about, I'm looking at the standings right now, so Pittsburgh wins; they go to nine and five. Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati's ten and three. But let's uh, let's move to the AFC West real quick. So, if Denver wins, then Pittsburgh would drop to eight and six, and the Jets could have a chance to move ahead of Pittsburgh, no matter what happens, just based on record. And then you have the Broncos sitting here. If they lose. Kansas City, the division comes in play for them because Kansas City's at nine and five, Chad, and Denver would be ten and four. And if they ever got a chance where they even up there, they would move past Denver because they have a better divisional record.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the bottom line for the Jets: they need both division leaders um, to win, and they need the two wild card spot teams to to lose because. If the wild-card spot teams continue to win and the division leaders lose, the problem that the Jets have is that these division leaders already have 10 wins. And so it would get really dicey at the end, knowing that they already have 10 wins, and all they need is one win out of the last three games to get to 11, which really makes it difficult for the Jets. But if you have a flip-flop in division leaders, those division leaders then probably become the wild-card spots, and the wild-card spots become the division leaders. That's probably the worst scenario for the Jets. Whereas, if the division leaders stay the division leaders in Cincinnati and Denver, and the wild card uh, spots continue to lose, that bodes well for the Jets in securing that wild card position.
0: The bottom line is we'll have to see what happens. And Todd Bowles said, "Hey, I'm just rooting for our team right now, and we'll lift up <laughs> our, we'll lift up our head at the end of the season." Uh, but with all that being said. You know the way this league works. Funny and strange things happen. I think if the Jets went out, they'll get in. I'm not saying I haven't gone through any scenarios and went through, oh, this has to happen or that has to happen or things like that. I just think if you want out and you got to 11, history tells you that's going to earn you a playoff berth.
1: No question. I, I have witnessed where eleven and five did not get a team in. <laughs> yes. That was in two thousand and eight. Right. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, the the Jets—they they continue to win. They not only put put themselves in a good position. They put pressure on the other teams. And and you're you're taking your your fate into your own hands, which that's what you want.
0: Yeah. You, and, and you know. Lastly, here uh, what I like is that. This is a short week, so the Jets don't even have to worry about the Patriot talk. You know, right now, they're getting more questions about Pittsburgh and Kansas City than they are New England, and that's good because in two weeks, the Jets will face the Patriots at home. You ready for a couple questions? Absolutely. All right, let's take our first call.
1: Chad, Eric, how you doing? It's Eric, the Jets fan down here in Miami. I got a question for you guys. With Devin Smith potentially out for the rest of the year. Who do you see picking up the slack? Either Curly and his migraines or Kemrill Tompkins coming off the inactive list? Thank you. Have a great day, guys.
0: All right, Chad. That's a good question. Obviously, a uh, tough blow for the rookie who's battled injuries throughout his first professional season. Todd Bowles said it's likely that Smith will be placed on injured reserve. Uh, who do you see stepping up now for the Jets?
1: Well, I actually think. Um... The biggest factor in this is Bilal Powell. I think he is actually becoming the third option in the passing game for the Jets, uh, which is is unique, number one, because he's a running back, but number two, it really creates some mismatches and some great opportunities for the Jets' offense. It's really similar to how New England uses, uses their running backs to do the same thing from the receiver standpoint, it's just going to be by committee on who shows up, whether it be Curley or Noonwa, any one of those guys that just show up and make a play or two in each game. I don't think it's going to be just one guy. I think that third option and that third element to the passing game really centers around Bilal Powell.
0: And I agree with you there. And my final point before caller number two is uh, Noonwa missed four games. He was suspended. Now you see him come back, and the Jets love his blocking ability. And, oh, by the way, the Jets are starting to run the football a little bit better. Let's take call number two.
1: Hey, guys. I uh, just wanted to ask, uh, what, what is it going to take to actually defeat the New England Patriots whenever they come to MetLife? Um, you know, the last couple games you played against them uh, are, you know, have always been close. You know, the games are always very intense and very physical. Um I mean what, what's it gonna take to to finally beat them? You know, we play them at Met Live Stadium. Um, you know, there's it, a lot of, there's a lot of stakes uh, for us in these last three games. All right. You know, um, I just wanted to ask you.
0: Yeah, so the fan is asking about next week's ball game, the Jets and the Patriots. And you know it, Chad. You're anticipating a tough ball game in Dallas this week, but so the Jets gotta get through that first, but the keys for this team to beat the Patriots?
1: Uh, I think the key lies in the offense of the Jets versus the Patriots' defense. I don't think, uh, from my standpoint, um, Tom Brady versus the Jets' defense, it is what it is. There's going to be some plays that the Jets make. There's going to be some plays that the Patriots make. I think the key is the Jets' offense uh, and being able to sustain drives, not have three and outs, and really put the pressure on the Patriots' defense. That's where the game lies, because you're going to have to score 27 to 30 points. That's just the way that it is. Um, The Patriots will have some key players back into the fold, which will be important for them and create some mismatches uh, for any defense but it will lie in the efficiency and effectiveness of the Jets' offense.
0: And I agree with you, and we'll get, we're will we going to get into that matchup big time next week. There will be plenty of time for that. The thing that stands out to me about this Patriots team is the defense is playing better than I've seen it in a long time. That's a legit unit and one of the better units in the National Football League. Defensively, so they're more than just Brady, Gukowski, Edelman, Amendola, and all those guys. Whoever's playing running back, this team is the complete ball team. We'll talk about more about that matchup next week. And then finally, we got one more call. Yeah. Hey, this message is for Chad. I wanted to know if he was running the offense right now. What would he do differently, or what does he think that Fitzpatrick is doing exceptionally well? Thank you. All right, Chad.
1: I wouldn't do anything uh, different right now. I think that they are completely dialed in as an offensive staff as well as uh, players in what they want to get accomplished and being able to accomplish it. I I think the one thing that has stuck out in my mind uh, with Fitzpatrick over the last couple of weeks, when he hasn't had the big play throw, he has done a really good job of finding his, his checkdowns and being able to get positive yards when the defense is actually covered brandon marshall or eric decker or his one or number two options he has found his number three and number four options uh and, and very consistently which has kept drives alive and keep them in manageable third down situations done a really good job of that secondly he's been impressive and when things break down being able to extend a play with his feet get a couple yards get down and protect himself and he stayed away from that disaster decision that can uh, create momentum for uh, the opponent. He's done a really good job in eliminating those type of decisions and played very effective, very efficient, and very consistent.
0: Well done, as always. You have a good weekend, partner. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll preview that big Jets-Patriots matchup. Hopefully the green and white are 9-5, and five and, hey, maybe Sunday they get a little bit of help.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Eric.